You're listening to Masters of Web 3, presented by Transac. Join your hosts, Sammy Start, Transac co-founder and CEO, and former CNBC money journalist, Megan DiMatteo, for an exclusive look into the stories behind the world's most well-known Web3 startups. Each episode, we will interview the high-profile founders, developers, and innovators building the world's most widely adopted blockchain protocols. Hear the highs and lows they've experienced along their journey from the people behind the tech that's changing our world. Let's get into the show. Make it as easy as possible for mainstream users to buy crypto within your decentralized app or wallet. Onboard more users to crypto, handle higher transaction volumes, improve conversions, and increase revenue through a simple developer integration. To learn more, visit transac.com. That's T-R-A-N-S-A-K Welcome to Masters of Web3, Anastasia. It's so nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you too, Megan. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Anastasia Bez is the Director of Operations at Kadena, which is a scalable layer one smart contract blockchain. Um, And Anastasia, I'm really interested in this conversation about Kadena because specifically it's a layer one, but it's also... Um, from what I understand, proof of work. And so we're going to dive into kind of the proof of work, proof of stake debate. But before we do that, you know, I always, the point of this is to hear from you, right? So I want to hear about your origin story, what it was that led you uh, to working with Kadena. Congratulations, by the way, on recently hitting your four-year anniversary. Is that right? Yeah, thank you. Okay, cool. Um, and you also have a really interesting background to me. You know, I always, one of the things I love about the Web3 space is just how eclectic people, like the backgrounds that people have are. Um, people are not just straightforward finance or tech professionals. They they often come from an arts background or in your case, you have um, an art, you know, an arts background, but you also have a civil, civil liberties research background as well, which I'm interested in, like where the crossover yeah. is for you. So, um, you know, you previously worked at the Center for National Security. So tell us just a little bit about your background and your journey to crypto and, and what the natural crossovers are. Sure. No, and I looked at, I saw you're also a poet, so it's it's exciting to meet people who, who do lots of different things. Um, you know, my background is well, I've been at Kadena for four years running operations. Um, prior to that, I did civil liberties research, like you said. Um, I have a background in the arts my whole life, uh, you know, just sort of performing arts. Yeah, it, it was all just, I have a lot of diverse interests and there is intersection, I think, between them. Um, you know, I got into Kadena because someone I knew, actually Monica Acquaintance, uh, was telling me about this wonderful new job she had and how excited she was and all of this, you know, great stuff about of working in crypto. Um, and then I interviewed because I, it was such an enthusiastic, glowing, uh, like endorsement. Um, so that's how I ended up there. I mean, I was aware, I was aware of cryptocurrency before, but it wasn't something that I was super focused on. Um, I was honestly doing a lot of research on uh, ISIS legal cases in the U.S. <laughs> and things at Guantanamo Bay. Um, but you know, to me, I think that there's definitely some like philosophical overlap between, you know, being committed to civil liberties and sort of, um, you know, open access to to finances that can sort of like 
provides some sense of potentially liberation or even just uh, alternative forms of currency. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like everyone's still working out the kinks a little bit with the whole decentralized thing, but at least like you mentioned, philosophically, it is very liberating. And I think that's why so many people, when they get hooked, they get hooked. You know, like I remember my first uh, crypto conference was actually NFT NYC. And I was at this uh, VIP event and there was literally like a rallying cry. Like it was, it was right when Facebook became meta and people stood up like in not in arms. <laughs> that's a, that's an exaggeration. There's my creative writing coming in and making making it more dramatic. But people literally stood up and started like cheering against the idea that Facebook would win. You know this this new blockchain world, and so like people get really passionate about it. So I'm curious, like what what was it for you that was like the hook? Like what was it that you were like, I got to do this. You know, like the drive and like the kind of. Was it like a compulsion? Was it a was it an intrigue? Like, what was the, the the magnetism for you? I mean, honestly, a huge part of it was the team. It was the people that I was, you know, talking to the the passion and the you know intelligence and kindness that you know Will Martino and Stuart Pope Joy have. You know, the founders of Cadena. Um, just like their commitment to building something that's really incredible, and also to you know having people around that are all, I mean, like the team that I work with is incredible. Everyone is smart. I learn from them every day. So I think that that's sort of what like drove a bunch of my passion, especially in the beginning when I was less familiar with, with blockchain. I mean, I was like somewhat familiar, but you know, I am not an engineer. I was not building that side of it. I was working on the other side of building, which is like the company functioning also important. Um, but you know, I had a moment in, I don't know when it was where I was trying to do a transaction that involved uh, sending a wire of, of fiat wire internationally and it got stuck somewhere and it took about like 10 days and it was it was a really good uh, example of how easily that could have been resolved with just uh, sending crypto because it was just such a tangible thing where it was like I had to like call this bank and this was like for a company related thing I had to call several banks and they had to get something out of limbo that was in weird limbo between things where it wasn't at any place and then they had to send it back and then we had to resend it. And it was like a 10 day process. So it was sort of like, there's a solution. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the title of the conference that the Transact team is at right now is permissionless. Right. And like, that's, I think a lofty goal, like and some people might argue that there should be structure and some regulation. I mean, that's a whole nother debate, but you know, the idea that money can be permissionless, that if I want to send somebody, however much money in the world that I want, and I want them to have it instantaneously, like that can be a reality. And, and I think that's an interesting idea philosophically, because I think a lot of us have just kind of resigned ourselves to the fact that money takes a long time or that the banks are always going to get whatever fees they're going to get. And so crypto really provides like an alternative way and kind of a, a philosophical challenge to the way it's always been, right? which is really cool. Um, and you've been in crypto now for four years, which kind of makes you like an OG, honestly. I was really impressed whenever I saw four. Because I talked to some people who are like, yeah, I've been, you know, I've been in crypto for about six months now. <laughs> and like they're a whole, and I maybe I I'm, could put myself in this category, honestly, you know, like their whole Twitter bio has changed. They have their, their crypto punk, uh, profile picture or their, you know, crypto coven profile picture or whatever. It's like, it's such a ign igniting kind of euphoria that like it 
people's whole identities become absorbed in the space very, very quickly. Um, so when I saw that you were in it for four years, I was like, wow, you know things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think also, like, I think for it to be sustainable, you have to sort of see the broader world outside of crypto because the whole point of building something that's revolutionary and world changing is that you have to be able to see the whole world. Like you can't live in an insular bubble. So I, I think that's maybe some of the sustainability, like, and I'm not saying this to critique people who are, you know, really, really excited in the first six months because you should be really excited. It's very exciting. And the best way to learn is to immerse yourself completely. But I think that also if you're looking at bigger picture strategy, you know, you want to be able to see how does this interact with the world around me? And like it does. I mean, you know, you know, we saw with um, Ukraine, for example, that people were able to do a lot of funding through crypto uh, that's tied to this like global geopolitical event. Yeah, exactly. Tell us a little bit about because I want to get into like your your journey on the kind of business side of things. You know, our audience is full of developers, uh, like people with ideas, potential founders, you know, people who are kind of looking to build in the space. Um, so I'm curious, like. Could you tell us just a little bit about your role, kind of the logistical side of your role as the director of operations, you know, bringing it down to kind of like a practical level, like what you're doing on a daily basis and maybe a little bit about the skills that are needed, you know, for success in a, in a role like yours? Yeah, sure. Um, it's it's a very much a generalist role in that there's a lot of different moving pieces at the company and so sort of making sure that everything is aligned. So. I end up being the point person between our accounting teams and our legal teams, and I may do anything from, you know, creating an entire hiring plan for the company and then executing it with processes to corporate entity structure or token treasury management. Um, you know, the list goes on. Um, in addition to that, I'm also uh, an advisor to Kadena Eco, which is our um, new ecosystem fund initiative. Um, so for that, I, I advise on operations, art, and NFTs. So with that, actually, it's a resource to you know builders. Is that as we we have our grant program, which is a um, hundred million in grants, and people can apply for them, and they get you know they get money, but they also get connected to resources at the company in terms of you know technical resources. But I can help them if they you know have operational uh, concerns or or initiatives that they maybe don't have the experience to work on because I think for me the goal is is to do the work that needs to happen so that the engineers can build and so that you know people can do what they're best at rather than worrying about a bunch of other things that are absolutely necessary for the company to run but that may not be their initial skill set like you see this with like en like engineer like founded companies where like I want Will and Stewart to be able to lead and also be able to be involved in engineering and not, you know, be necessarily needing to be concerned with everything else. But they are obviously fully encompassing everything. So um, the grant program is just, it, it's really exciting, I think, as an opportunity for, for builders. Okay, yeah. Well, that's, so you bring up a really interesting point, right? You, your job is to kind of make it possible for the builders to build and do, and do their jobs. Do you think that that's... Um, do you think that the industry as a whole and then also like the individuals and, and developers who come to the space are in somewhat of a learning curve when it comes to like knowing how to run a company? You know, like we're essentially in, uh, in fact, I believe it was, yeah, it was Francesco who said in a, in a recent podcast last month that this is a bull market for builders right now. So yeah, it is. The, 
So the message that Kadena is sending is that, you know, it, to be really encouraging of that and really encouraging of newcomers coming in and, and starting their ideas. And so, yeah, like tell us a little bit about the learning curve that's required for people who want to do that. Yeah, so I think that the big thing for builders is, um, you know, they may be familiar with Solidity and we use PACT, which is a different smart contract language, but it's very uh, teachable. We have docs, we have Discord channels, we have, you know, Stack Overflow, we are increasing some video resources. So I think that that's probably the learning curve as people coming into that if they're familiar with mostly EVM uh, systems. But I think that it's it's a very exciting uh Thing to do. There's a lot that one can do with PACT that one cannot do with Solidity. Um, there's, you know, some safety mechanisms around uh, built-in formal verification, and uh, like you can, it's it's in it's human readable. So, you know, I can look at a smart contract and see what it's actually doing in a very tangible way. So, I, I think that while there is some learning curve and that it's new, um, it it's, should be very very manageable for people who are already engineers especially. So there's like the learning curve of the language that's required to code and also the, you know, and also running a company, <laughs> that whole, that whole yeah. skill set. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, but the, but that's a learning curve for anyone who's a first time founder, right? I mean, and we're also looking to, you know, give grants to people who are experienced founders and, you know, maybe they've built a project, maybe they have something in a different ecosystem and they'd like to transfer it over because we have different capabilities. I mean, one thing that we've heard from a lot of people is, is stuff related to issues around gas fees and that the gas fees of Ethereum make it really untenable for certain types of projects to grow and thrive, especially if you're a more experimental phase of something. So I think about NFTs and that, you know, if it costs $500 to mint an NFT and your art is maybe something that is less well known, um, you might not have the capital to take a risk like that. And so Kadena has like the, we have NFT infrastructure marmalade that people can build with, but you know, across Marmalade and other things, the gas fees are very negligible because of the, the architecture of, of Kadena's uh, blockchain. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I uh, I have six poems minted <laughs> on OpenSea and I went with Polygon specifically for that reason because I was like, I don't want to pay to mint these. It's not my whole, it's not my whole thing. It's, it's something that I'm testing and I'm sure that there are other people that fall into that category as well. Right. I mean, and I, I think that like the gas fee issue, it's definitely why people are migrating. To, they're looking for alternatives and some of the alternatives also end up with high gas fees. So that's sort of problematic. But I think I, I would really, I, my, my hope is that Kadena becomes a place where people can do experimental art in the NFT world, whether that's, you know, anything from, you know, the poems, maybe you can have some poems here um, or photos, or I know that we have some people that are doing sort of more of the like, um, like uh, attestation for physical goods. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's so many, so many use cases. And I think that's what people are starting to realize that like you can make NFTs for anything and out of anything. And it's really interesting. Um, Okay. So we're kind of getting into, you know, the meat of this like proof of work, proof of stake conversation. So like from a developer's point of view, um, you know, I've heard from people that the future is is proof of stake, right? And I think like there's a narrative in the mainstream media about that and proof of work. You know, obviously the biggest the biggest criticism is that it's not environmentally friendly. I think that that's probably a blanket statement that has more nuance and actuality, um, and just the scalability aspect of it as well. I think 
you know, I come from a mainstream journalism background. So I think the, the kind of broad assumption is that proof of stake is, is more scalable. So, uh, but I know Kadena is really challenging that notion. So I was wondering if you could just talk about like the major pros of proof of work, you know, just really like talk about the, give us the sales pitch of it. Like tell us what the real benefits are, you know? The benefits are are immense. I think that with us, especially we solving the scalability issue um, with the basically we have a braided chain architecture. So if one chain becomes clogged or busy, say you have a crypto kitties and suddenly everything is going really intensely on that one chain, you can just hop over to another chain. And, you know, so you could have chains that are for specific projects or we can expand outward. We actually expanded. We started with 10 chains and then expanded to 20. So if necessary, we can do more expansion sort of as need grows and as transactions increase. So I think that that's this huge thing is that there's security in that. Um, I think, you know, the ethos of decentralization and of having people that are mining all over the world um, is also a safety and philosophical benefit. But I I do think that the scalability, um, just the ability that you can choose and you can sort of like choose your own destiny and not be sort of bound by being in some sort of very clogged, slow place is really exciting, especially for businesses that want to build on top. Because, you know, I think that as we get more adoption, um, there's there's going to hit a, there has hit a point where some businesses will not move to crypto because of, you know, congestion, basically. And that if we want to, you know, have this thing that is really world changing, we need to be able to move fast. And I think uh, Kadena can do that. So. Yeah. Interesting. Now, since Transac, you know, Transac's focus is crypto on ramp. So could you kind of go a little bit into the nitty gritty around whether, how or if the on ramp process is different for proof of work and proof of stake? Um, You know, maybe talk a little bit about that from a developer's point of view. Sure. What do you mean when you say the on ramp process to be clear? Yeah. So like going from fiat to crypto, um, like, is there a difference? And, you know, and pardon if this is like an oversimplification or, you know, but when you're talking about just like going from fiat and then purchasing crypto and and moving it on, you know, into a wallet of some kind, like is like when the when developers are creating these infrastructures um, and kind of choosing which which type of protocol to go with or which ecosystem to build in, like, is that process different in a proof of stake versus proof of work ecosystem? I mean, I, I only work for the proof of work ecosystem. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I think that for for users, a lot of that really should be hidden. It shouldn't be something you, you sh- like as a user, you want to not necessarily be directly interacting with the blockchain. And we're currently in a space where, you know, you see people who they have to go to a major exchange connected to their bank account and go to MetaMask, they go to this, that and the other. Um, but I think that the ideal world that we want to build is one where that's not as visible because a lot of like, you know, when you go to your bank, you, you don't like need to go in and get a stack of cash in order to have money. Like we have systems that are a little bit more abstracted for users. Um, so I, I think that for both proof of stake and proof of work that, uh, you know, I mean, as you're getting currency, you know, you're going to have to go through exchanges and, and wallets and sort of go on this journey. But I think uh, the goal is to have as few steps as possible in the journey. Um, and that's also why, you know, I would encourage people to apply for grants to make user interfaces that are really lovely and easy to use because my mother would like to make NFTs on Kadena. And 
Uh, Does she? She wants to. She hasn't done it yet. But um, this is this is my goal. I mean, this is sort of I'm like the benchmark is I want my mom and I want people that I know who are not necessarily in tech to be able to create things. Oh my gosh. I love that you said that <laughs> because I, I actually told my mom about NFTs too. And she called me like a week later and had this amazing idea. And then she was like, how do I get started? And I was like, well, you have to go on Twitter. And she was like, okay. Like, <laughs> like the hesitance just like crept into her voice, you know, like, and then you have to, uh, you know, get this uh, thing called MetaMask. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I was talking to my mom and I was like, okay, so you're going to go on an exchange and then you're going to buy crypto. And she was like, is this safe? <laughs> I was kind of like, I'll do it with you next time I see you in person. <laughs> like, I'll walk you through it, you know, um, because there's there's a lot of security things that I think are built into sort of other financial systems that are much more um, on the user in, in crypto. And the great thing about that is it empowers you to take control, but there is a learning curve there. As you're talking about, like the on-ramp and learning curve is that like, you know, you need to understand that if you lose your seed phrase, you don't have the money anymore. Like it's gone. You can't call someone and get it back. Can but I tell I you the, like the anxiety that I feel in my oh, chest yeah. when you say that? Oh no. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. But I mean, Kadena though, like we're, we're doing some things with sort of like, um, like safe transfers. So basically there's ways that we can do transfers within one of our wallets where you know in advance before it goes out into the world that it is going to the correct person. So they're, they're involved in the process. Um, and kind that, of like I on think, Venmo when it t- like asks you to verify before you send it or if you yes, don't have your, exactly. their contact. Or when it's like put in the last four digits of the phone number, you know, yes, that, that yes. thing on Venmo, basically I think that getting to that psychology and that safety in crypto is, is really important. And we are working on that with them. It's chain weavers. And then wallet. if you don't have the phone number and you still want to send it anyway, like I've done that before where I've paid like, uh, you know, contractors or whatever that I've, yeah, or just people you know, that I didn't have their phone number. And it, but it tells you like, are you sure you want to do this? And then you have to accept the, the con- whatever right. consequences that come, you know, but you, it yeah. walks you through that process just to make sure that you are taking responsibility for your own thinking and your own choices. Yeah. No, I will say the difference with, with our safe transfer is both parties have to sign. So it's basically if you did Venmo, but then the other person had to say, yes, I'm definitely this person before the money goes to them, which is nice. No, it's, I also feel a lot of anxiety when I think about sending cryptocurrency out into the world without um, any recourse should I you know, have a typo in an address. So that's why the, the safe transfer multi-sig is it's good. It's also internally what we do for all transfers. So we've also, you know, tried to build in our own accounting controls that include crypto, um, which is hard because, you know, they don't really necessarily exist. So we're building them uh, to create more safety. But it, it is a feature that you can also use if you use Chainweaver, which is one of the wallets. So I've got um, one more question, then I want to give you the opportunity to talk a little bit um, more. You've touched on it briefly, but I want to give you the opportunity to talk about your uh grants and funding opportunities and, and anything that you want to announce. But, um, I, you know, I noticed on your website, Kadena's advisory team consists of experts such as Dr. Stuart Haber, the co-inventor of blockchain, and the most cited author in Satoshi Nakamoto's Bitcoin white paper. So I'm curious to know, like, maybe this is like the fangirl in me, but I'm like, what is it like to work in such, and you already mentioned how amazing your, your coworkers are, but just to be in cl- such close proximity to these essentially like legends in the, in the blockchain world, like what is that like on a, just on a career level um, and like a f- self-fulfillment kind of level? Like 
what does that feel like? And and also, do you have any interaction with them on a daily basis? <laughs> trying to peek it behind the curtain a little bit here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that when I first joined, I didn't really realize how big a deal it was. And so there were just these nice people in our office, and we all said hi to each other and talked and, you know, would go out to eat. And I didn't sort of realize until more recently at, at conferences or meetups where um, Stuart Haber has been there and people have, like, flocked to him and, like, asked to take photos with him. And I was like, oh, that's the guy that we, we have meetings with and talk to. Um, you know, it's very much like a, a normal human interaction and relationship with with people because, you know, we've, we're not that huge of a team. We, we've kept it kind of small and worked really closely with everyone and have a good rapport. Um, but we're really excited that uh, Dr. Stuart Haber has been, you know, he's been an advisor with us for a really long time at this point, I think, since 2018, maybe. Yeah, I know. And he's been getting into NFTs, too. So that's really fun. He has, uh, he and... Uh, oh, really? Yeah, it's Immutable Records is the project. Um, but it, it's doing some cool things where I, th- I, th- I'm, I mean, I'd be saying this completely correctly, but there's an NFT where when the next person buys it, like royalties go to everyone in the chain of people who has previous have previously purchased it. So rather than just to the original creator, they're still, I think, um, iterating on this, but it's very cool. That is such an interesting idea. And it's fun to see him engage, you know, in different ways with, with Kadena. Yeah. Cause it's like, cause it's like everybody who owned it essentially vouched for it and contributed to that NFT having value. So it's kind of cool to think about there being like a forever perpetual gifting <laughs> cycle that happens through that. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. I mean, the other thing with Marmalade is, um, so on the smart contract level, the royalties are built in. So you can specify instead of just relying on an exchange um, and trusting them, you know, this is the permissionless thing, right? Uh, you can say the artist is always going to get 25%. That's hard coded in or, I mean, you don't have to make that choice, but you can do that, which I think is is also very empowering for for creators. Now, because you're so close to essentially the Bitcoin gods, <laughs> um, I say that's you know slightly tongue in cheek, but also not really because uh, you know Dr. Stuart Haber and then Scott Stornetta. Am I correct me if I'm wrong here? But they kind of conceptualized Bitcoin like two decades before it was born. Is that true? I mean, I would let them tell their story, but they've definitely been involved in cryptography and and blockchain in in very serious ways for a very long time. You know, they are these, (laughs) they're great thinkers and also doers. So you posted a meme on Twitter a couple uh, recently that said that Satoshi was female. And I was like, I laughed at that and I loved it so much and I want to make it a t-shirt. <laughs> I think it is a t-shirt oh, already. Yeah. Um, the, it's a company that makes it that I think does something relating to, uh, the, the funds go to a nonprofit. Okay. Um, I love from, that. From that project, from the Satoshi is female. I, I got that bag at a conference ages ago. Okay. So I have to ask, I'm like, do you actually know who Satoshi it was? Like, do you, do you know this classified information? <laughs> <laughs> but if I did, would I say on a podcast? <sighs> so that's a yes. <laughs> <laughs> or it's a no. I mean, like, uh, do you know? No, I don't. But, you know, I've heard theories. I think everyone has a theory. But you're, I mean, when I saw that, though, I was like, maybe she was female. I mean, my assumption is that it was a collective of people. Um, I mean, I, I think that, you know, the the reason for the the bag is sort of to just sort of challenge the default assumption of it being a certain type of person who's in crypto, because to me, crypto can be a space for everyone to be in. And that's also something that's pretty important for Kadena. 
Yeah. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? About? Uh, like, you know, Kadena's like philosophy on that and, you know, the projects that it is involved with and, and how it's making, you know, inclusion and diversity essentially like a, a pillar or value. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think a huge part of it is hiring um, and just sort of hiring people who come from a, a diverse backgrounds. Um, you know, we're very, I'd say, inclusive and, and diverse company. Um, what has been important for me is not just hiring from circles of people who know each other, though that's a great starting point, but going into spaces. So maybe saying like for people who say, oh, we want more women in the space, like go to women's colleges, do recruiting at entry level positions and then start training people into jobs. This is how we're going to get more people in the space. Um, and I think also making sure that people don't get pigeonholed into certain types of roles, that you can have an expansive idea of who belongs in, in crypto and blockchain, which I'm sure you've also experienced, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, honestly, I've, I've had a fairly welcoming experience. Like, I, I think that the main thing is just getting people in the door. So, you know, I mean, that that's the thing. It's sort of also giving people money, which is why the grants program is so exciting is, you know, if there's teams who are new and emerging, we can offer them funding to sort of get them started and give them that support because especially for people who maybe aren't as connected, getting support from an infrastructure is going to be critical for their success. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. So how does someone get funding to build in this space and specifically on Kadena? Well, you fill out a grant application form. Uh, it's kadena.io slash grants. Uh, you can go and uh, fill it out. Please give as much detail as possible and you know provide technical and operational detail, which will make it more likely that we can help you. Um, we do give grants out of a variety of sizes. Um, so, you know, sometimes people just need a little bit of something to start or they have an idea and they're really much more at the idea stage. Some people have a fully fleshed out company. We're open to all of that. Um, so, you know, it could be as little as 5k. Uh, it could be, it could be a six figure grant. You know, it really depends on the scope of the work. We're fairly flexible on that. Um, the other thing that we recently announced is that we are earmarking uh, 10% of the grants for people who uh, were builders that were impacted by uh, everything that was going on last week and sort of people who maybe don't have work due to that circumstance. Um, so we really want to, which, which, you know, I'm, which circumstance specifically? <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> because because there have been the, so many in the news. <laughs> yeah. There's just, I mean, the news is just, the news cycle is a terrifying uh, yeah, thing right now. Yeah. Um, Everything that's been happening within the the Terra ecosystem, sort of if there are builders there who have been displaced because of, of funding changes, um, we'd want, like to make sure that they stay in crypto because there's a lot of really brilliant, smart, cool people who have been building not just at Kadena but elsewhere. And we want to make sure that they still have the resources and support that they need in order to to keep creating awesome things. I love that. Yeah, because it's like all of that experience doesn't just get scrapped, it, you know. No, I mean, and it, 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 you can apply it across different blockchains, you know, like, exactly, you know, if you're, if especially people have been in the space for so long, it's like, you have so much wisdom and institutional knowledge about everything that you're doing, like, we would love to, to work with them. I love that. So if you're listening, and, you know, you experienced a, a loss, or, you know, had some had a project fall through, like, wear that badge of honor proudly, <laughs> wear that experience with pride, knowing that you learned from it. And, um, probably can speak to, you know, what to do differently in the next go around or the next iteration better than somebody who hadn't gone through that. Yeah, I mean, but not just that, but also, you know, we're open to doing collaborations with them and, and grants and things like that. So it's not just, uh, 
feel good, but it's also a like, let's keep building. Yeah, that's what the the vibe <laughs> seems to be on, on Twitter is like, this is a, I guess, a bear run for the market, but a bull run for builders, right? Like if you're a builder, keep mm-hmm. building, keep keep your head down, like keep doing good work. And I think it's, it's just an amazing, I agree. I think it's just, I like times where we can just focus on, you know, the core of what we're doing and building really beautiful, resilient projects that can last through whatever circumstances are. Um, I think, you know, that's what we want more of. We want more people to come in through the grants program. So that's what I'm excited. I'm excited to see what comes in. Are there any specific deadlines or like programs specifically that people should focus Um, on? It's rolling applications. Okay. Awesome. I mean, I would obviously like to get things in as soon as possible, but you know, um, it's it's not a it's not a deadline based program. Well, hopefully this podcast will help you get some new applicants and spread the word about Kadena. And um, yeah, it was just really great talking to you and meeting you. And I hope that we can invite you back onto the podcast again one day and maybe hear how things have evolved and, and grown for you for you all. Is there anything else you want to add? Great, thanks so much. I think I think that's all. Is uh, come and apply for our grants program at Kadena.io/grants uh, and. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great to talk with you. Amazing. Yeah, likewise. It was a true pleasure. You've been listening to Masters of Web 3, a Transac podcast. Stay connected with us by subscribing to the show, giving us a review, and sharing this episode with one of your friends on Twitter. We know you hang out there. (laughs) If you like what you've heard, please rate the show. That helps us to keep delivering the best and latest stories on blockchain technology right to your ears. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this has been Masters of Web 3.